right. You guys ready to get into this? Maybe. Yeah, we're ready. What are we doing? I'm ready. I, I'm not going to speak for everyone. Shane's already written history. Um, Shane's going to say something about how he doesn't have it's mostly done, but it's not very yeah. good and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Too. And he's going to like, I'll go first to get my, I have the awesome last story. Times in a row. My wife just this walked is, in. This is the reason that Jeremy Jeremy loses also often is because he goes first. So, so he always has great stories. My, but my goes wife first. just walked in, pointed at a line on my screen, and gave me a look like, what the crap are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's the context there? She, she, she should know by now. Well, I'm excited. Okay, let's get into it then. Yeah, you are. Are you excited or scared? A little bit of both. Maybe you should be scared. He's excited. Yeah, he is. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always scared. <laughs> All right. In. I'm going to count in. Should I count in? Let's count in. <clears throat> yep. You do your thing. Do the voodoo that you do so well. In seven. In cinco. Watch pro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, we need to build up our Spanish um, or Latino audience. And dose. Uh, <laughs> dose. Dose. Uno oh, is yeah. one, by the way. I'm good at this. Here we go. Good evening, gentle listeners, and welcome to that preposterous poster child of prevaricating podcasts, Once Upon a Recast, an MSVS production. I'm Michael Circle, like a square with no corners, and tonight's episode is a very special one indeed. I'm going to change up my intro a bit for this, because I have some things to say about my competitors tonight. This episode is special because Uh-oh. it's not only our one-year anniversary of the once Upon a Recast podcast, but it's also the season two premiere. You guys excited for that? You know it. We, I'm very excited. I, I didn't even know we separated into seasons. I think you should get right on that. Now this we know. Is my excited, this is my excited voice right here. I hear it. I hear it loud and clear. No one else can, but we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, if, you're, do. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, we rewrite movies to hilarious ends with one of us as a judge and one a winner. The judge picks a movie and creates some comedic change to the original story. The other three then rewrite that movie uh, with the change as an important part of the story, and the judge declares a winner based on whatever criteria they like that night. So the winner will go on to host and judge the following episode. So let's introduce the cast of the podcast, Once Upon a Recast, the podcast podcast. Before we begin, all four of us have been friends for more than 20 years. While Shane, Chris, and Jeremy are all related, I am too. So uh, I'm totally in this group legitimately. As a matter of fact, Chris and Shane. You're more related than I am. Uh, yeah, I may be. You Chris are and actually Shane's by blood. dad will consistently tell me, which is Jeremy's father-in-law, uh, will consistently tell me every time I Jeremy's see Jeremy's not related by blood. That would be frowned upon in most states. <laughs> most. That's true, but Except I'm not. for some. Yeah, I'm married in. I'm married in, whereas you're actually a cousin. Right. True, true. Uh, yeah, Ron, their dad, will always say every time he sees me, he'll talk about how I'm related to their mom, Judy. But then this most recent time I saw him just a couple days ago, uh, he made sure to tell me that he's related to he's related to me on his side, too. So who knows what's going on anymore? But Ron and Judy are related to everybody. But me. But me. But, but Jeremy. They tried. Yes. Jeremy is literally the only person. He tried hard to find. Before we got married, he tried hard. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously this amazing show would not be here if we lost any one of these three gentlemen chris shane or jeremy their creativity their resourcefulness and comedic timing and chemistry make this show what it is and i am truly grateful to have them on board so first but i will say i will say we are but ants to michael's circle who is the brainchild the true brainchild and heart and soul of Once Upon a Recast. He's the child of his brain. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> I have five children, and one of them 
has a brain? No, I have no idea where I was going with that, but it's not funny, so I'm going to cut that after post. I'll fix it in post. Yes, fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, you will. So first, to introduce <laughs> these guys. First, this man has been impactful and encouraging to me since I was in middle school. He was like a big brother to me and even did mine and Deborah's wedding. His sardonic and sarcastic humor lends a very unique perspective to Once Upon a Recast, young Jeremy Young. I came to Jeremy last last with this uh, almost full idea. We weren't completely sure of how it would go for once. And uh, he dove right on it, ready to tell his hilarious stories. And I'm so thankful that he did. So that's Jeremy Young. Next we like have... Like jumping on a hand grenade. Yeah, that's what he did. I, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> Next, uh, this other person and I have completed many a project together, from singing to telling stories to even home improvement jobs in our own homes. Uh, he's been a best friend of mine since I first met him at Surprise Valley Youth Camp in middle school. And he's been an inspiration and has seen me and mine through a lot of tough times. And that is Chris Roberts. Chris and I had talked. I heard of him. You have. He, had talked about, he and I had talked about doing a podcast for years, but we never stepped up to one until I asked him about this one. And he brings the most creative storytelling mixed with strong audio and visual know-how. And let's face it, a voice made for jazz. That's right. See, I have a uh, face for radio and a voice for print. So here we are. <laughs> Finally, Shane. He has been he has been my best friend for a long time. Ever since riding the school bus together, when I learned that he was completely useless in the morning, Shane has followed me into this and the MSVS Nation from very little detail. I said I have an idea for a YouTube channel in Mike and Shane versus gaming, and he jumped in with both feet. And while the channel has suffered due to lack of time, we will be bringing it back to the gold standard with a new Valheim series coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. But when I said I have a podcast idea, he jumped again, two-footed and asking no questions. And because of that, we have this amazing cast and Once Upon a Recast. So without any one of these guys, the show simply would not be what it is. So thank you. With no, oh, man, I'm uh, touched. With no further gilding of the lily and with no more ado... I have a surprise for the listeners. Uh-oh. Please listen to the following excerpts from our previous season. Now, you might be asking yourself right now, Chris, how come you get to be judge? I'm glad you asked. I get to be judge because, believe it or not, and I want this on record for posterity, <laughs> believe it or not, this is not our first episode. That's right. There is now officially what we can call a lost episode. And in that That's lost right. episode... Yeah, which was truly hilarious, I might add. Um, I I won that episode, and therefore I got the honor of being the judge this time. Now, you why did that truth. episode? I do. Why Why was that episode lost? Well, because my brother, I'm guessing out of jealousy because I I won the episode, said he accidentally. I'm making air quotes that you can't see, but accidentally. I felt those. Air I can quotes. see them. I felt them right lost here. It. That's right. He says he lost the episode. Um, why did I just insert this proposal? And last but far from least, the unflinching, unyielding, unforgettable, and the unflappable. It's true. He cannot be flapped. The man, the myth, the legend, Shane Roberts. I'll actually what? prove to you I can be least and last. It's funny. Have I got to say, he is the only one of us that's lost two. Let me throw this out here. I'm the only one that should have won two. Who's ready to start the number one episode of Once Upon a Recast? It's number two, but who's counting? For hilarity, well, exactly. Before we begin, I just have to say, Christopher, as the number one intro for the first episode, technically, Shane. Again, I want to remind everyone, first of all, I want to thank you all for listening to our almost first podcast episode. Thank you, it's, it's our first. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Um what I want to remind you again, it's, it's what you didn't do. <laughs> it's what you didn't do. You pumped up for this one? Shane, are you prepared? Listen, my preparedness has been questioned in the past. And I always come through. Except for that one time, right. but we don't talk about that. We don't well, talk about that. that. That one time was lost, though, wasn't it? You know what? <laughs> At one time, I actually had an amazing story. 
That's Amazing. why Chris won. Chris actually won that one. <laughs> well, yes, he did. He did. If only he had proof yeah. of it. Dane. <laughs> I'm going to point out. I'm going to point out. Those are quotes. Those are quotes from what actually happened. I was the backup. <laughs> they were supposed to be redundant. I'm going to point That's out. I'm going to. I'm going to point out that it's a good thing there's redundancies. So we had a uh, Godfather episode. So absolutely. Did I tell you guys that? Therefore, no. I've only failed. Oh, I've only failed once. That. that was almost. A I've huge only mistake. failed. I've only failed one time. Not um, twice. So the uh, the Godfather <laughs> episode for some reason only recorded my part. It didn't record anybody oh else. Man. I was wondering why there was so much dead air. Like when I was looking at the the uh, waveform of the recording, I was like, why are there so many empty spaces? And when I'd listen to it, I'd say something, and then I'd laugh. And then there'd be a pause, and I'd laugh. <laughs> I'd be a pause. I'm like, what? what's happening here? And I'm very thankful. You were the man in that, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, you were the... <laughs> Don't you get it yet? We're recreating the fabled Lost episode to start season two. What? No. Yeah, absolutely. But wait till you hear what no, the movie I better was. Better get to then, because I don't think I don't think we ever told them what the movie was in that lost episode. So this will be new to them too. It was magic, I'll tell you that. So I will ask <laughs> each of the three competitors, uh, because before we do anything, before you hear the movie, we have to decide on an order for the evening. So I'm going to ask each of the three competitors, Chris, Shane, and Jeremy, a different question. And my favorite answer, we'll get to decide the order. All right? So, Chris. Wow. What That's has, me. That is you. What has been your favorite moment from season one? Wow. Favorite moment from season one. I'm going to go with the very first time um, that you, Michael Circle, uttered the we are but ants line. <laughs> <laughs> A line that would therefore be uttered in every episode of once upon a recast at least once sometimes multiple times you uh you know the, the way first to get was to the me. Best. it's through my yes yeah. it's through your hands <laughs> jeremy when you think about all of the movies we have done what sequel would you like to hear the most oh what sequel would yeah. i would like to of all of our movies sure. if you could pick one of them for to hear a sequel about Sequel, would you like to hear the most? That's a good question. I, I, I tell you what, I really don't know if I got an answer that would fit. I would like to hear a sequel from one. any any of the um, the musicals that we that we've done because we've done a few musicals, even whether it was The Wizard of Oz or whether it was the Inner Monologue musical or the where you, where we had like singing going on uh or you know just i i just think that's always hilarious whenever we do something like that but that's just, i don't know yes we are well, funny those are fun to me i don't know I, I like i like coming up with you know and hearing you all come up and and the the way that all of us have committed when we have to sing something we <laughs> and seriously all four of us have fully committed to mm -hmm. some crazy stuff so i i always think that's great yeah we're a very talented people even if, even when we're bombing, we we commit, you know. <laughs> and so. now we will bomb, but we're, we're committed, committed to bombers. that bombing. We're we are committed to the bomb. <laughs> Shame. Regular Ted Kaczynski's. <laughs> yes, <sir>. Wow. <laughs> Expect something in the mail later. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I knew Jeremy'd be on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. With my sunglasses and hoodie. <laughs> Uh, what casting has been your favorite from all of the recasts that we have done thus far? So we're just we're just looking at casting. Yes, not the actual movie itself. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to go with my casting of The Godfather, <laughs> starring Warwick Davis, Peter Dinklage, and Vern Troyer. I think we know that. I think we know the casting really. There should have been, you know, is is the Muppet casting? Come on, man! <laughs> I think you're both wrong. The best cast by far was from Oceans, and it was my cast. <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty I will say, cast. I will say, <laughs> the placement of Optimus Prime in the cast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I thought of, that of the Oceans was pretty phenomenal. Not just that, he especially was... because <laughs> here's the thing: cracks me up. He. It, no one, not no actor was placed as Optimus Prime. Literally, Optimus Prime himself 
was cast just in the Optimus movie. Prime, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Optimus Prime playing himself. I, yeah, I had himself. a few answers to that question, Shane. Number one, I, I really liked when somebody, I can't remember who it was, uh, somebody casted Brad Pitt as the text message for uh, Casino Royale. Or not Casino Royale, um, the one we just talked about, Ocean's Eleven. Someone text. Someone cast Brad Pitt as the text message. Oh, yeah. From did someone do that? Yeah, I can't remember who did that. Uh, another one was when someone, I can't remember who, casted Cloris Leachman as... <laughs> oh, no, no, that was, that was you, wasn't Lisa. That? I can't remember who did that. That was you. That uh, was you. And then when someone casted um, Dana Carvey's Impression of Robert Shaw... Yeah, that's, yeah those, I can't remember who did that. See, those, those were all circle. They, wait, you, you're just trying well, to get us to... What about the casting yeah. of, of the church lady? That was fantastic. Anything with yeah. Dana Carvey is a pure good. win. Okay, what about... You renounced the... What about Danny DeVito as the guy who's going to tow a car? <laughs> you give... <laughs> <laughs> and then making that person matter. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. That's a pretty good one right there. John I think Cena. The Rock as Michael Myers John... was pretty good. No, I think, I think John Cena... As Luca Brasi, you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a circle of bone on this one. How about how about Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> as the Grease Man? As the Grease, as the man. grease man. Okay, you know what? Recurring Grease Man. He's been in at least two episodes. How about yeah. how about The Big Show as Augustus <laughs> Gloop? Yep. <laughs> that, that was, was pretty, pretty good. good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's dressed up as a kid. <laughs> it's the big show. How about when uh, Jeremy cast all of us <laughs> in the movie? And <laughs> I, I had, you know what, was, I pretty much had all three of you killed. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was pretty good. Pretty much, it don't, actually, it did. Don't happen. steal from me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Give it back. Give it back. I don't know who you are. You're the one who called me. And then one more. <laughs> When uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was. So it was Circle. All right. Cast the disco <laughs> cops. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Circle. One day, Shane and I are going to do a special recording of that disco cops episode, or of the Dis- disco cops movie trailer we did, and uh, we'll put it up for people who pay. We'll get there one day. I was going to say, wait, are there people who pay? <laughs> one day. Is that okay? Listen, out on a circle? Listen, so, so there's a future for to this. this. There's a people don't pay for the show, but people are going to pay for a movie trailer. Yes. People don't pay for movie trailers for movies that exist. <laughs> that's why this is this, that's why this is gold. They will pay to see movies that are never going to come out. They'll pay they can't for disco cops. For all, our, all our recasters out there. I would say, we have fans. To the we dozens might. and dozens. <laughs> there there <laughs> might not be a lot of them, but, but we have fans. They exist. Yeah, we None do. of them are in France, I can tell you that. Not yet. That's good. Not anymore. <laughs> if they were, they're gone. <laughs> One last question. Bonus points for anybody who wants to answer. What has been the best part about doing Once Upon a Recast? Spending time with Michael Serpil. Yeah, us, us all doing it together. That's what I think. Cheesy. Cheesy, yes, but true. I was the first one. I was the first one with that answer, though. Hanging with you guys. Yeah, yeah he I said was, you guys. I said Michael Circle yeah. by name. Yeah. I do need to be in, included in that answer specifically. So, okay, hmm. um, I understand that. Well, I appreciate your ego. I didn't think. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think your ego was that fragile. So that's it why is. I didn't do it. I, it's I, for I hold, you, I hold it's you a level. level. I'm insulted that you. I'm insulted that you hold me to any level. I believe Michael Circle is so much above all of the rest. What are we, Jeremy? We are butt ants. <laughs> We're butt ants. Why are we always talking about butt ants? Butt ants, butt ants, butt ants, butt ants, butt ants. What exactly? We need to clear this up. What is a butt ant? What is a butt ant? I don't know, yeah, but it uh, sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> the the hemorrhoids of the insect world. <laughs> they sound like a pain in the butt to me. Oh. All right, guys, listen. I've got an order. Well, I've got the person who gets to decide the order. And the winner of this toss-up is Jeremy Young. All right. Wow. Because I appreciate you telling me that you think of me highly, and I know it's a lie, but that's okay. Because, again, I have a very fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, you get to decide the order. When do you want to go? When do you want the other oh my to go? goodness. Jeremy's not going to go first. I mean, I wouldn't Unless think he... so. 
Unless well, he decides that, to challenge himself. I think that I'm going to go first because it makes sense. No, I'm not. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm going to let uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go but I'm going to go after Shane goes and and, okay. and after and after Shane goes, Chris is actually going to go. <laughs> and then I'm going to go. So it'll be Shane, Chris and me. Okay then. So hey. the movie for our 1 year anniversary and the season 2 premiere of Once Upon a Recast is Harry Potter. Only Harry Potter is not a wizard. So how does he get to Hogwarts? Why is he there? Is it a mistake or is he plotting something? You tell me when we recast Harry Potter on Once Upon a Recast Season 2 premiere. Last thing, a couple of new rules for this episode. Number one, there's a 10-minute rule. A loss of points will take place. If it goes over ten minutes, this was a warning not, three or good. four weeks ago. I that's told you not three good. Three or four weeks ago about it. Things <laughs> not feeling good about this. Are you serious? I yeah, it was. Y'all. That three was or a four thing. weeks ago. It was a thing. He he totally did. It, it actually wasn't a text message. You know that I I'm going to superimpose on the screen for our listeners, right here. I'll go. I, the text I'm going to lose. just do that now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to lose right now. I'll just tell you. All right. The second thing. I'm doing work in this, apparently. Well, that's okay. You know what? See what happens. This is a this is going to be a longer episode anyway, because we're wonderful. That's why. Exactly, because it's because we're wonderful. I'm cutting that out. That's stupid. I'm stupid. We're, we're all stupid. No, you're not. All right, pack it up. No, we're quitting. It's, okay. it's all done. Come on, Chris. If I lose, it's okay. It's fine. No, no, shut it's it down. We're done. We're not recognizing that I should have kept it to ten minutes. Make like William Better Shatner. Recognize. Make like William Shatner in Airplane Two and shut everything down. Yes, and then he set everything back on. So you know, <laughs> he has a bobby pin. <laughs> Where where's yeah. a man get a bobby pin? <laughs> all right, so uh, that oh, was the I one thing. All of that. The, oh my lands! I missed the whole caveat. Way to go, Jeremy! <laughs> you looking through the text messages now? So that's the number one of the two new rules. Okay, uh, well, I felt that rule. one. Yes. What's next? Number two, Chris, <laughs> Shane, Jeremy, cover your ears as I talk to our sweet beautiful audience who loves us oh so much are you listening good we're going to have a number of harry potter themed words that as the recasters say them they will get bonus points some of these words include hippogriff train muggle scar patronus quidditch diagon alley and wand, among other things. So we'll be keeping count of the number of times they use these words in their stories, and then we'll add them as bonus points after the fact. I can cover my ears, but I actually have headphones on, so... They covered already with headphones. Yeah, I can still hear. So go ahead. All right, so with that being said, Shane, (laughs) you get to start us off with recasting Harry Potter. All right, well, let me do this quick. I have Larry Potter and the Stick of Destiny. So, here's how this is going to go. The only only, um, casting that I did is Asa Butterfield as Larry Potter. Everybody else is going to stay the same. Who is that? He's the kid that was in the Avatar that didn't have blue people. And he was in Ender's Game. And he was a child, you know, he, I'm sure he's probably like 25 by now, but I, I just, you know, he was a person who was a child actor. So, you know what? I used him. Okay. Go for it. It's a thing. You can look him up. He's a real person. Now you wasted all my time. I no longer have to abide by the time limit based I'm on really this. I'm really glad you said that because I forgot to set my timer. All right. So, <laughs> so good at this. the and movie big. <laughs> the movie begins as it does. You have a baby Harry. He's out, dropped off the Dursley's doorstep. He's raised so, and such, so forth, so on. Years pass. Once again, same as the movie. You got the letters. They're driving Uncle Vernon crazy. They leave their house for the little abandoned shack, as you do when letters from a wizard school come to your door. However... Uncle Vernon, being the shrewd drill salesman that he is, is not simply going to leave his house empty and not making money. So what he's going to do is he's going to list it on an Airbnb, 
We're an American family who is wanting to visit the area, the Potters. They quickly snatch it up as a vacation place. So the, uh, the Potters, who are named Dursley, Jane, and their son Larry, they make themselves at home. You get to see some scenes of them looking around the house. Larry finds it quite amusing. There's a room under the stairs, so he decides this is, this is where he's going to sleep while they're there. Although he bangs his head when he initially tries to go in and leaves himself, you know, a small uh, wounded spot on his forehead. So the family, they're right at home. Everything's going, uh, going good. The parents go out to get some groceries. And it is shortly after that that suddenly Hagrid shows up, bursting through the door. And he looks straight at Larry. Larry, is that you? Larry looks at him, and he's, he's a bit confused. He's like, uh, yeah, it's me. Like, Harry Potter, in the flesh. Like, well, I'm going to tell my parents you're the ones that broke the, you're the ones that broke the door. So just so you're aware of that, there, big fella. Your parents, Hagrid screams. What do you mean your parents? Dursley told you that he was your father? I mean, since I was born. Yeah, he's like, well, that fat oaf isn't your father. I tell you, I tell you, on your birthday, no less. He's like, my birthday? My birthday was over a month ago, dude. Like, Blimey, Harry. Did he tell you anything right? Today's the day you turned 11 years old. Dude, I'm 12, like, last month. So, who are you, Air Big Man? My name's Agrid. I knew your real parents. Wonderful lot, those two. Not like these muggle aunt and uncle you've had. What? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard? You mean like a pew-pew, making fire with wands kind of thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. Hagrid points his umbrella at the fireplace. He starts a fire. He's like, holy crap, dude. I can do that, too? That's awesome. Peculiar accent you got there, Harry. You want to talk there, big man? <laughs> I suppose to each their own. All right, so, uh, so what happens now? I take you to get your things and get... What? 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 Yeah, I just didn't cover my ears. What? Dude. Go slow on the uptake there, young. I once again say that I have an unlimited time limit now. <laughs> no. against me. Guys, nice. I mean, I cover my, I literally cover my ears. I was, I was messaging you all. Nobody told me to come back. What's going on? Okay. Sorry. I was following the rules. Oh, that's committed. what you get for following the rules. You should. I was committed. He's committed like you committed. read about. Rules are for chumps. Go get them, Shane. <laughs> like you read about. That's great. <laughs> Sorry, go get them, Shane. I don't know what's going All on, right. but sure. Hagrid says, uh, I take you to get your things, get ready for school at Hogwarts. Well, that sounds like a stupid name, but I want to learn to shoot fire, so let's do this thing. <laughs> He's like, about that. Don't mention the fire to anyone. I hear you. So, you know, they're good. Two make their way to Diagon Alley to get Harry's Larry's school things. While Larry's getting fitted for his robes, he meets some jerk boy he really wants to punch, but he decides that he probably shouldn't do that. Uh, finally, they're on their way to get Larry's wand. So this is the part that he is really looking forward to. He's going to get his fire shooter. And uh, the man at the wand store says, you know, I thought I'd be seeing you soon, Mr. Potter. I've, I've been looking forward to it. You're not exactly what I was expecting, but you certainly have your, uh, maybe your mother's hair. I'm not really sure. Like, is that some kind of wizard joke? Never mind that. We're just going to find your wand. You know, the wand picks the wizard, Mr. Potter. Okay, dude, I just want <laughs> something that shoots fire. So after exhausting nearly every wand in the room to no avail, Mr. Ollivander finally has an idea. He says, I wonder. And, of course, he solemnly pulls out a very specific wand, gently hands it to Larry, and absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> he says, hmm, I thought that, that might be special for you. So Larry looks at him. He's like, so which wand picked me, old man? Like, ah, I'm not sure. I've never quite seen anything like this before. At this point, Hagrid pipes in. He says, I think I'd oak one over there. It did something for him. This, Mr. Ollivander says, holding up a stick, he says, this is the stick I used to hold up the window on hot days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
That's the one. I'm sure I saw it do something, says Hagrid. And Ollivander looks and he says, I, you know what? Okay, why not? Here you go, Mr. Potter, your very own wand. He pulls out the measuring tape. He says, I looks like about seven and three quarters inches with a wooden core <laughs> and some Diagon Alley dust on it. This looks like a stick, old man. Yeah, enough. Get out. Thank you. Come again. Uh, so, <laughs> with his, <laughs> thank you. Come again. <laughs> with his uh, his things in hand, he heads back to the house where he has to explain to his parents that he's in fact not their son, and he's now going to wizarding school. Uh, so you know he he attempts to do so, and his father says it sounds like this was a big drunk man, Larry, that beat down our door. And Larry says, no, he shot fire at the end of an umbrella. Uncle. <laughs> His mom looks at him and says, an umbrella with a lighter in the end of it is hardly a reason for us to give up our son. And he's like, listen, can we just go to the train station? We'll meet the guy you'll see. And his dad's like, okay, we'll meet him. The, it's some kind of train station here. We'll get this all straightened out with the authority. Sounds like this man needs to be taken to jail. He's, he's not taking my son and then bringing him back to me, carrying a live owl around. That's just weird. So the uh, family heads to the train station, and they look for the nine and three quarters area, but they can't find it. And uh, so the parents, they try to find someone to ask, and it's at this point that Larry sees some people that seem to be running into a wall, and they're not bouncing off of it. So he walks over. He's like, you guys going to wizard school? And uh, the woman says, first time to, to Hogwarts, dear? Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's Ron's first time, too, she says, pointing to one of her sons. You can go with him. Are you okay? <laughs> this is the line that my wife pointed out. It's like, why the crap is that in there? <laughs> <laughs> so he looks at her and says, Cheerio. Thanks, Governor. And she says, what? Says, Just trying to fit in, I am. What is your name? Harry like, Potter, it is. Like, my goodness, isn't is in like the? Like, yeah, that's me. Big old bearded guy. Looks like he's homeless. Said I'm famous, so here I am. So she she's kind of, you know, amazed by this. She says, well, well, the key is to run up the wall and not stop. It's like, oh, that certainly sounds like some real magic there, doesn't it? So he does so, and he runs through the wall, and they get on the train, eat some magic food. Ron asks to see the scar in his head. Larry, of course, shows him the scar that he acquired from running into a door. <laughs> uh, they, they get to school. And the next real moment of consequence is a standoff with Malfoy. He says, some wizarding families are lower than others. I can help you with that, Potter. You gotta say Potter like that. Potter. That is how it's said. Yeah. And uh, Larry looks at him and says, no, nah, I'm good, Turd Blossom. Turd Blossom, that's great. Malfoy's like, what did you... we've come to know and love. <laughs> what did you say to me? He says... I said you're a turd. Malfoy begins to reach for his wand, but Larry knees him in the crotch like a good American, <laughs> dropping him to the floor, and then looks down at him and goes, Cheerio, governor. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, you know, things kind of disperse there. They continue to the sorting ceremony. I'm going to stop you watching. for a second. Okay. And say that your time is almost up. This is a... Uh, reference to the fact that there was a time limit. Uh, oh, his time's up by like a minute. <laughs> I started uh, talking. Your time was not up, but now that I am completing the thought, your time has passed. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm getting rid of the time 10 minutes now. I'm going to tell y'all because this is going too funny. <laughs> and I don't know how much longer you've got, but we stopped you. I'm just going to say, never mind another 10 minutes. Everybody just tell their stories. I like it. See, you know what? You're welcome, Jeremy Young. I was just following the orders. 
<laughs> Man. Nobody told me to come, uh, they told me to cover my ears. Sure. <laughs> okay. Those of us who abided by the 10-minute rule will get no benefit. I see how it is. All right. I'm putting a bonus point right there for you. Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. All right. So they, they continue on to the sorting ceremony. So he watches some people get sorted by a weird hat. So Larry's not really sure what's going on, but he gets his turn. So the hat is placed on his head. Can't wait to hear that. The hat says, hmm, not the magical potential I was expecting, but there is a lot of stupid bravery. <laughs> I think it'll be Gryffindor. And everyone cheers. He and Ron, yeah, you know, they sit together. Then we're going to get some scenes from classes. You know, we're going to get to see Larry not being able to make something levitate because this is the scene, right? Here's one of the scenes that made this entire movie for me happen as he's sitting there going, Levioso, 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 and nothing's happening. And then we could see Hermione come over there and be like, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. And he's like, did you say the same word over again? Just the second time you said it, you said it in a more condescending way. Well, well, thanks for that there, Chick. <laughs> then we see Larry not knowing anything about potions. And we see, you know, Snape with his, you know, epic speech here talking about, I can teach you to brew glory. And he's like, yeah, are you sure you're not just trying to make a lame class sound cool? He's like, 50 points from Gryffindor, Mr. Potter. Like, it's okay. I'm sure I'll do something cool to make up for it. <laughs> And then, of course, we were going to get to see Larry not able to fly a broom. And Malfoy, of course, is still going to start picking on Neville Longbottom. Larry is still going to stand up to him. Yeah. What are you going to do about it, Potter? <laughs> He's like, you want me to drop you on the ground again, boy? <laughs> Did he kick him in the crotch again? <laughs> we're, we're getting there. All right. <laughs> like, you want me to drop you on the again, ground again there, blonde boy? He's like, catch me if you can, Potter. <laughs> and uh, Malfoy flies into the air and he throws Neville's little memory thingamadoohickey. He's flying around triumphantly, like, you know, he's the man. However, Larry Potter, they don't know, back home is a little league all star pitcher. He picks up a rock and he just drills Malfoy in the face with it. <laughs> So Malfoy drops forward on his broom, so it begins to uh, to fly downward, at which point Larry grabs the broom and just slings Malfoy to the ground off of him, and then he just finished whooping Malfoy's butt, <laughs> just pounding him into the ground. And, of course, at this point, the teacher comes back and uh, sends, sends Larry to the headmaster, having, you know, beat up Malfoy. So uh, Dumbledore's like, what's, what's the meaning of this? You've been in trouble at every class. He's like, listen, the guy's a punk. How to teach him a lesson? It's like, this is not how we do things at Hogwarts. Was at this point, Hagrid walks in. M M Dumbledore, sir, I'm, I'm sure it's just a misunderstanding, sir. Harry would not, he wouldn't do nothing bad. Like, I'm afraid Harry has done several things, Hagrid. <laughs> at this point, Larry's like, Harry, who's Harry? And Hagrid's like, you're Harry. Yeah, I'm Larry. No, you're not Harry. You're Harry. You just said the same thing twice, big fella. <laughs> Blimey. But you have the scar and everything, Harry, he says. But wait, it looks like it's almost healed now. Yeah, I hit my head on a door a couple days ago, dude. So it's at this point that Dumbledore looks over and he's like, Hagrid, are you kidding me right now? Are you seriously kidding me right now? Time for the obliviate, so. Dumbledore, sir, that's, that's not how you normally talk. You had one job, you stupid oaf. You pick up a kid from his loser aunt and uncle. Did you go to the shack they moved him to? Oh. Uh, I went to the house, Mr. Dumbledore, sir. Dumbledore just gives the long, hard stare. Okay. Well, I suppose there's only one thing to do. Larry says, well, before you do whatever it is you're going to do, can I shoot fire out of my stick or not? 
<laughs> and Dumbledore looks and says, no, that is definitely just a stick, you stupid American muggle. Agrigus, sir, he's like, you stop talking. This is all your fault. I don't know why I thought I could trust you with this. I think there's really only one thing to do at this time. And Dumbledore then looks over, says, it's for the greater good. There's only one way to stop him now. And Dumbledore then casts the killing curse on Hagrid, creating his own horcrux to prepare for his showdown with Voldemort. <laughs> Larry wow. then looks over and is like, well, that got dark really quick. Do I get to leave now? And Dumbledore then takes Larry's memories and we fade to black. Wow. And wow. then we get a post credit scene where we see the actual Harry go. Potter who never got to become a wizard, hanging by his underwear on a clothesline with Dudley laughing at him. <laughs> the end. Wow. Oh my goodness. Bum, ba dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. So, um, you used Larry Potter in the original Lost episode. And I did. I remember almost crying the first time you said Larry Potter. It did not go this direction. <laughs> no, no, I changed some things up. <laughs> I listen. The whole wizarding world was still doomed at the end of the last one. That is true. I yeah, I remember it. I truly appreciate <laughs> <laughs> the dark turn that this took, and it's almost like you're just saying, you know, bye bye, Robbie Coltrane. We'll miss you. Right, that's that's. Oh, what that that's really dark. Oh my Think goodness! About that poor old yeah. Well, listen. I, I mean, I we just a, lost the man. What's wrong with you? If I ever do a, ever do a sequel to this, he couldn't be in it. So, <laughs> yeah, just going ahead and taking oh, care of it. You went ahead and you you went ahead and closed <laughs> wow. that gap. He did what Ryan Johnson couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he tied up that loose end real good. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. It's not like you can use a different actor. They've never done that in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> the double doors. <laughs> <laughs> that should be his name. Double doors. There were two of them. I see what you did there. Yeah, I appreciate it. My that. jokes are but ants compared to those jokes. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it is. I appreciate it. I think that. we've all now done the ants. I think so. I think that one can now be rested probably forever until I say it again next week. All right, then. Well, that was a fantastic story, and uh, I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> so I believe uh, Chris, right? Is that who's going next? Jeremy? You say Chris? I've heard of him. That, that sounds right to me. Okay, so uh, Chris. Why By the way, you... it was over 18 minutes, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, I appreciate you being <laughs> Big Ben for me. I'm going to go ahead and give you another bonus point. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's there. <laughs> Uh, so, is it the clock tower or the Roethlisberger? Yeah. A little from column A, a exactly. little from column B. I've heard it both ways. Boom. Indeed you have. <laughs> All right. We ready? Chris, we do this thing? Why don't you go ahead and recast Harry Potter? Oh, we're recasting the title of my movie is a wizard, a space wand, and he who must not be named. And the cast? Quite simply the same. Um, there is going to be one difference in mine, but I'm not going to mention it right now. You'll find out, as everyone else does. So, <clears throat> not so long ago, in a land far from our own, there lived a young orphan boy named Harry Potter. Harry lived with his miserable relatives, the Dursleys, who treated him cruelly. Harry's dreams of escaping a situation one day became reality, as he was rescued by a giant bearded man named Hagrid, and told he was a wizard. While Harry at first thought this was strange, as he had never had any kind of inclination towards magic, he decided to go with Hagrid to the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. I mean, it couldn't possibly be any worse than living with the Dursleys. And it was there that he learned that his parents were both famous wizards who had died trying to protect him from an evil wizard named Voldemort. Since both of his parents were famous wizards, surely he must be as well, right? Uh, Maybe not, but don't call me Shirley. I mean, that was the conventional wisdom. 
except he had no idea what anyone was talking about in any of his classes, and he seemed completely unable to perform even the simplest of spells. One day, to his surprise, there was a mysterious package left on his bed. The note inside read, Harry, this was your father's. I thought you might find it useful. Inside was what appeared to be a wand. But he had never seen a wand like it before. It appeared to be made of some kind of a metal substance. He tried performing spells with it, but it didn't seem to work at first. And then he noticed a red button. And as he pushed the button, he decided to yell the words, Luminos! <laughs> and a surge, pure blue energy, ignited from the front of the wand. It went out about an arm's length and stopped. He began to swing it around as it made a humming sound with its movements. <laughs> it was actually quite impressive. I appreciate that I don't have to find the noises for that. I hear them in the background. He decided, you know what? I've got to show this to my friends, Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. I'm going to show them my new wand and the cool trick I can do with it. Hermione, being the perpetual pessimist, says... I don't know, Harry. It doesn't look like any kind of wand I've ever seen. Have you checked the library to see if it's in any of the books? Ron, on the other hand, was a little more optimistic. I think it's wicked, Harry. Can I touch it? <laughs> Hermione says, no, Ron, you better not. But before Hermione could finish her sentence, Ron had lost three fingers to the blue luminous blade. Ron, why won't you ever listen to me? I tried to warn you. Hermione, I just lost three fingers. You're lucky that's all you lost. I'm sure Madame Pomfrey can grow your fingers back. Now come on, you little baby. Well, young Harry found that his new wand sword thingy could do all kinds of things. While it couldn't actually do a spell like most conventional wands, he found that it could be used to deflect charms and curses that were sent his way. And he began to practice using it in the Room of Requirement, which also became known to him through sheer intuition and dumb luck. And so there he would practice, and he got so good that he could deflect curses back on those trying to use them on him. And this, he decided, came in handy when he finally came face to face with the very evil wizard who was responsible for killing his parents, that Voldemort fellow. Well, his real name was Tom Riddle, but it seemed Tom Riddle went about calling himself Lord Voldemort. Lord Voldemort. I mean, what kind of prig? was about calling himself Lord. <laughs> I mean, really. Who's this guy I think he is? Uh, anyways, it seems that he'd been searching for Harry because he wanted to know how Harry had lived after receiving the killing curse. And he also wanted to finish the job once and for all. Harry looked sternly at him, ignited his wand with the words Luminos and the push of a, of a red button and said to Voldemort, Don't sing it, my lord. Bring it. <laughs> Voldemort began throwing curse after curse at Harry, and Harry parried every blow instinctively. Voldemort finally surrounded Harry in a ring of fire that began closing in. And as the words, I fell into a burning ring of fire, began coming from the late Johnny Cash, it seemed all was lost for our young Harry. But just when it seemed he was done for, he shouted the words, no! <laughs> oh, and twirled his hands about, and the fire shot away from him and dispersed, and Voldemort was knocked to the ground by the force of an unseen, well, force. He said, what manner of wizard are you? He said with a tinge of fear in his voice. He let out one final, <laughs> and Harry knocked it back at him. <laughs> <laughs> You pulled out the Avonica Dabra. <laughs> One more time. You pulled out the Avonica Dabra. Harry knocked it back at him with the force of a Babe Ruth home run. Smack. Voldemort hit the ground as dead as John Wick's dog. Oh, Upon making. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Upon making this proclamation, John Wick showed up and killed the narrator of the story. <laughs> that's right. Note to self, John Wick can't take a joke. John Wick, offended and a little annoyed, then killed the backup narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Upon hiring a third narrator, 
He was advised not to mention he who must not be named, and we're not talking about Voldemort, who was dead as, well, you know. Now Harry, the hero of Hogwarts Potter, was welcomed back to school as a hero and one of the greatest wizards alive to take out Lord Voldemort at such a young age. We next see young Harry in Professor, Professor Dumbledore's office. There's one thing I don't understand, Professor. Only one thing, Harry? <laughs> well, I was never really able to perform any spells or charms from class. Until I got that wand, I really had no magical ability at all. That's because you're not really a wizard, Harry. At, at, at least not in our traditional sense. While both of your parents had magical ability, they actually came from a line of ancient space wizards known as Jedi. And that wand that belonged to your father is, well, frankly, much older than I am. It's some sort of laser sword. These Jedi were a religious lot that believed in something called the Force. And apparently, you discovered it when fighting Voldemort. It was this force that your mother used to save you from Voldemort when you were but a baby. And while their magic maybe not, might not be as potent as ours, which, by the way, is debatable, their abilities <laughs> wielding that weapon you're holding were unparalleled. Voldemort didn't stand a chance. Well, sir, why didn't you just use that thing all along? Well, apparently it was somehow coded to your father's DNA. Only he or some relative of his uh, could have used it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I heard that uh, you killed Voldemort as dead as John Wick's dog. <laughs> uh -oh. And that, my friends, is how Hogwarts fell in a flurry of bullets and mayhem. Because no one, whether wizard or Jedi, should ever mention John Wick or he who must not be named's dog. The end. <laughs> and under 10 minutes. That's fantastic. And another bonus point for going under 10 minutes. When he was surrounded by the ring of fire, I just wanted to be like, give up, Eddie. I have the high ground. Oh, no. And uh, then John, when you... I would have loved to have seen John Wick take out Dumbledore <laughs> with, with the wand. Because after all, if he took out eight people with a pencil, what can he do with a wand? Well, that was a fantastic movie. And the fact that you used Voldemort's Avonicadabra is just like the greatest thing in the world for me. <laughs> Okay, so with that being said, we will now enter into our third and final recast of Harry Potter, and that will be Jeremy Young. Go ahead, Jeremy. Awesome. Well, I will, I'm, I'm going to present this as it would be in a film, which means you're not going to get your casting, per se, uh, during the, you know, at the beginning you're going to have to wait on all of that because there's there's a little bit of a surprise to that, I guess. It begins with ominous music and a dark, a dark opening scene, just pitch black. And then suddenly the word chosen comes up. Chosen, it's got like, a, obviously, a definition behind it then, which says selected from several, elect, especially for some special quality. And then that fades and it comes back to one, the definition, singular. A person specified that fades back out to black, and then we see a Jonam S. film, the chosen one, and then you see these words come across the screen quickly: the chosen one awakened. Immediately, we see Harry Potter, which is going to be Daniel Radcliffe in this moment, uh, awakening, uh, almost like he had, had zoned out for a moment, and suddenly feels a moment, uh, sharp pain, and he looks around, and he's. He's confused and, and he's startled because he realizes he's a hundred feet in the air and he's on a broom and he suddenly loses control of the broom and he nearly falls, but he, he recovers and then he sees the snitch and quick, quickly goes and gets it. And after he gets that and everyone's celebrating, he learns about Snape and how he was sort of running his mouth and Hermione and how he saved the day by setting his robe on fire. And, uh, Later, Harry finds himself zoning out again, and then suddenly he realizes that he's being chased by a basilisk down this dark uh, pipe or tunnel. And as he's doing this, he he realizes that that he needs to defeat suddenly this this guy who's who's Tom Riddle, I guess is his name. And as he's doing all of these things, he 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 is able to suddenly pull a, a sword from a hat and 
and kill the basilisk, but he is bitten and, and he uses the, the tooth then to destroy Tom Riddle in this diary and he begins to lose consciousness again. And he awakens to hear Snape saying, Avada Kedavra. He's like, what, what's happening? And he realizes Dumbledore is falling and Harry is chasing after him. He, he's calling Snape a coward. And Snape, of course, disarms Harry. And, and he reveals that he's the half-blood prince. And Harry, again, passes out. And then as he comes back to, he realizes he's hearing this high-pitched voice of this man who he realizes is Voldemort. And he says, Harry Potter, the boy who lived comes to die. And then... Harry awakened. <laughs> but this time he's changed. Suddenly, something is different. This bright light has blinded him, and he, he, he's putting a, a large cap on the source of a light and heat. And he is, he's blinded by all of this, and he, he hears people calling his name. But what did his friends say? He can't see them. And so he walks over towards them, and he, he's, this is not the voice of Ron. It's Jim, and he hits some glass. And, and as he as he looked towards Jim, and and he's trying to figure out what what's happening, what what little bit that he can say, he he, he says, "Yes, out of danger. Yes, you you saved the ship." Oh no! <laughs> don't 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 grieve, Admiral. It's it's illogical. The needs of the many. Outweigh the which Jim says the needs of the few, and then he or the says, one, or the one. I never took the Kobayashi Maru test until now. What do you think of my solution? And then he says, I've been and always shall be your friend. And he loses consciousness, and suddenly he awakens again, and he sees a battle taking place. A massive battle, and he sees he sees the captain. The captain is putting up a great fight, but but he's not able to win. And and he sees the enemy has the weapons. He has to do something. He looks over and he sees his friend Stephen, who holds up one finger, and he quickly grabs the weapon, and he's thrown back by the enemy. The purple man looks at him, and he realizes, ha, he didn't notice. And the man who is huge. Purple, grimace-looking guy says, I am inevitable, and snaps his fingers. And he looks back and says, I am Iron Man. And he snaps his fingers, and suddenly, with that snap, he, something's happened. And he wonders, am I dead? Suddenly he feels pain, pain like he's being put together, and he's, he's angry, and he's lost. How, how, how did he lose? He's the chosen one. His eyes open and a mask descends upon him. And he hears a voice. Rise, my apprentice. He's like, why do I have a feeling? This overwhelming urge to ask about Padme. And, and why, why am I in this suit? And why do I have an overwhelming hatred of sand? No! Then he turns. And suddenly now, everything has changed again. And he sees his master hurting. Is that his son? Father, help me. Yes, yeah, sure enough, it's, it's Mark Hamill. He's getting electrocuted. What the flip? And he says, I have to do something. That's my boy. And so he grabs his master and he throws him down this, this massive hole. In fact, he realizes he is the chosen. But... He once again is overwhelmed by, by the electricity that hits him, and he, he loses his, his consciousness. And suddenly he sees himself old, and he's with a girl, the granddaughter of his, his best friend. Wait, how? How is this, how is this possible? I, I didn't even know Marcus had a granddaughter. But sure enough, there, there she is with, with an old him, and he's standing next to them. And they're being chased by Nazis. This is weird. And suddenly he realizes the Nazis are about to kill all of them. And so he steps in front to protect the granddaughter and his older self. And he's shot multiple times. 
but just enough time to allow his older self and his friend's granddaughter to, to escape. And as he looks back, seeing them escaping, as he's lying there dying and sees his wounds, and he looks up and he, he sees his older self suddenly disappear. The girl grabs the whip and the hat. Is she the chosen one? No, that can't be. What a stupid ending. What could, what, what? And suddenly he awakens again. Is that Snape talking to him? Why is he calling him this? He's been shot. He's shot. What is Snape shooting? And why is Snape wearing sunglasses and a suit? Mr. Anderson. Suddenly he's standing and we see the face of, obviously Keanu Reeves in this moment. His wounds are no more. He realizes that he is the chosen one. And he says, my name is Neo. And he stops the bullet and defeats Agent Snape or Smith or whatever you want to call him. And suddenly he hears a phone ring. And sure enough, everything turns black and the credits roll. Post-credit scenes. Water splashes his face. The boat's taking on water. The storm is too much. His friends are scared. They're asking him to do something. And he stands up and he looks at the storm and he says, Peace, be still. And now we're looking in the face of Jonathan Rumi, if that's how you pronounce his name. That's correct. And he's a little confused and suddenly he looks back right into the camera. He's like, what the? And it goes black. And suddenly, the chosen one. And that's the film right there. And just in case you'll know, just to let you know, a, a Jonam S film is actually a Ma Shemnite, you know, because Ma's first name is actually Jonam backwards. So, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was a film all... within a film within a film. The chosen ones are the same chosen one. Exactly. That's a that's fantastic. And if I, you think about it, they all they all built off of the original concept of the original chosen one, the Messiah. Yeah. That's what they built their story off of, which is why I went back there. Okay, so we've heard three great recastings of Harry Potter. But in the end there can be only one. Only one? Only one. You mean I can't pick all three of you? I can't pick two of you? I have to pick just one of you. Just one. Just You're the judge. You can do whatever you want. Okay, I'm going to pick all three of you, and then you three can judge my story next episode. <laughs> and then I'll be the winner. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Hmm. You have a choice. That's, that's a bold move, Cap. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, man. This is always the hardest part. Every time I've, every time I've judged, I had the hardest time picking who's going to be the winner. And this is no exception. As a matter of fact, this is harder than all the others. Because Jeremy's story wasn't just silly or ridiculous. He threw in some incredible thought to it, and it was deep. When you think about all the chosen ones being the chosen one, the same chosen one, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Chris's space uh, <laughs> space wizards was pretty fantastic, especially <laughs> when he cut off Ron's fingers. It was, and that was fantastic. And the Avada that two of you did, not yeah. one of you, Jane. Don't, don't, don't touch another um, man's lightsaber. I'm gonna point out, I, I didn't need Voldemort in my story. That's <laughs> true. The, the <laughs> Wizarding World of Harry Potter was already doomed from the start because Harry Potter didn't go. Hilarious. <laughs> I love the American version where he just punches or kicks him in the crotch. <laughs> Hey, that's what a good American would do. That is what a good American would do. <laughs> I'm gonna put up with that crap. And he kept calling Hagrid a big guy. <laughs> uh huh. And then Dumbledore went completely out of character and just called Hagrid out for his stupidity. As it should be. Uh, okay, so I've got to pick a winner, and I'm not sure which one. Because Shane's was really funny. Chris's was yeah, very it was. creative, and Jeremy's was really deep. Chris has already won once, didn't it? He did that. Say that story, I think, did win the lost episode. I think that means it yeah. can't win this time. You think it? I'm not sure. That's what that means. I don't know if that's what it means, but it could. I mean, I don't know. It I'm could not, mean I'm not the judge. I don't know. No, if I was no, the, judge, the judge, and he if must I was, decide. I must. If I was the judge, I'd pick a winner. 
Uh, I don't know what to do. Pick the winner, man. No, I that's what you got to do. I can't. Oh, Shane, Chris, Jeremy. This is just hard. saying names doesn't fix it. It. Nope. <laughs> you don't know what fixes anything. Um. All right. Well, thanks for the win. Nope. Since you can't no, pick, no, no, that no. means that. It's yeah, not you. yeah. It's not you. At this moment, I don't know. Ugh, shoot, Chris was—he won that one already, but he changed it up this time. Did a little bit, not as much as I Shane made it changed even his up. Shane's, Shane's was basic. Larry Potter was his story from the original Lost episode, but then he killed Hagrid. Who's going to win this fight? John Cena, The Rock. All right, Circle, come on. Time to make a decision, buddy. Well, make a decision. It's time. It is time. I can't do it. It's time. We gotta know. Oh, no. It's time. It's time.